0: Um, remember last week when I told y'all what my wife says when she watches football games all the time? She says, you don't win with field goals, you win with touchdowns. Well, fortunately, Stanford found an exception to that rule. It's still not something you want to test a whole lot, but you know what? The Cardinal will take what it got against Arizona State. Uh, What it got was a 15-14 win at Stanford Stadium. And that's what we're talking about on this episode of The Tree Cast with Troy Clarity. On the Believe Network and presented by Bet Online, Sunday, October twenty third, twenty twenty two. How you doing? Hope all is well. Hope you've had a great weekend so far. Hope oh, part of it included checking out Stanford football on Saturday. Not a pretty win by any stretch of the imagination, but uh, any port in the storm. Stanford now three and four on the season and winners of back to back games. It's great to have you with us. Throughout the course of the show, you are going to hear from Stanford head coach David Shaw. Cardinal quarterback Tanner McKee, Stanford kicker Joshua Cardi, and Cardinal edge rusher Lance Kennelly. We'll get the uh, thoughts of those four guys as we piece together uh, what happened, how Stanford won it, and uh, things to watch going forward. That's what we do here on the Treecast. Nobody else in the podcast space breaks down Stanford football and Stanford athletics like we do right here. I'm Troy Clarity, year number 30 of following Stanford football, year number nine of uh, Pac-12 Network Play-By-Play, and first year of Play-By-Play on the national radio side for football with the Compass Media Networks. My slate begins next week. I will tell you about that later. Thank you, of course, for subscribing to the show via your favorite listening app where you get the good podcast from. You know, We just want to be where, where you get the good podcast from, right? And hopefully you agree that this is one of the good podcasts. Uh, subscribe if you haven't already. Rate and review the show. I always appreciate those. And uh, tell folks about the program. Hey, if you love the show, if you like the show, tell everyone about it. If you don't like it, tell me about it. Give me the follow at Troy Clarity. Blast spelled C-L-A-R-D-Y. Well, not a pretty game by any stretch of the imagination, but you know what? It was a win, and in the bottom analysis, that's that's really all that matters. Tanner McKee, Cardinal quarterback, very well aware of
1: that. I mean, I came off the field, and I was like, wow, like that was a messy one to Coach David And he's like, well, you we still got to win the messy one. So, obviously, it was it was enough to get um, the dub, but um, obviously not good enough moving forward. So, um, a lot of things to work on, and a lot of things to get better at, but obviously happy with the result today.
0: That's Hannah McKee, and against uh, Arizona State, Stanford scoring can be summed up like this: Joshua Cardi from 44 yards, Cardi from 36 yards, Cardi from 44 yards, Cardi from 36 yards, and Cardi from 47 yards. That last field goal gave Stanford a 15-14 lead with 6:28 to go, and it stood as the game winner. It's Stanford's third straight game decided by two points or less. And it's also believed to be the first time that Stanford won a game by kicking three field goals or more and scoring no touchdowns since beating UCLA in 1970. How about that? A 9-7 final against the Bruins down at the L.A. Coliseum. Steve Horowitz kicking the game winner for Stanford that day with 4.57 to go. Joshua Cardi kicking five field goals today. We'll tell you three things you need to know about Stanford's results against Arizona State in a moment. But first, this reminder that football is back. And bet Online remains your number one source for all your football betting needs this season. You'll find the latest odds, matchup info, player news, and game trends. And as your continued source for all sports wagering info, Bet Online features live betting, free contests, live scores, and giveaways all season long. Always the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports and events like MLB, MMA, tennis, boxing, and even golf. Head to betonline.ag to join and receive your 100% welcome to bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use the promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, to receive your rewards. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, here we go. Three things you need to know about Stanford versus Arizona State. And we'll start at the end of the game, but we'll start three things with number one. And Stanford got the ball at its own seven-yard line with 3:54 to go. Best case for the Cardinal in that scenario, completely run down the clock. But Stanford only able to get one first down before having to punt. Arizona State did have to call its final two timeouts, though. So Sun Devils got the ball at their own 32 with 1:28 left. Once again, it's going to come down to the Stanford defense. How are they feeling about things heading back onto the field in that situation again? edge rusher Lance Kennelly tells us
1: in those key situations where uh, where you have to play good defense to win I think you just got to fall back on your technique you can't let yourself get blinded by the circumstance right Um, I think for me it was just uh, having to go out there and uh, realizing that all I had to do was do my job and I think every one of us thought the same thing all we had to do was just do our job, and we'd be fine. We had a shutout second half, and as long as we just kept doing what we were doing, it was going to stay that way.
0: Yeah, all the Stanford defense had to do was its job, but a little luck along the way sure didn't hurt. Arizona State did convert on 4th and six with a 30-yard pass over Caillou Blue Kelly to the Stanford 34. A Stephen Heron sack pushed ASU back 9 yards, then two incompletions led to 4th and 19 from the Stanford 43. A deep ball over Caillou Blue Kelly. The Arizona State receiver Elijah Badger was caught. Man, that was a great grab. A reaching one handed behind the head snare ruled complete and out of bounds inside the Stanford one yard line with three seconds left. And all of your worst nightmares are starting to come true if you're a Stanford fan or follower. But officials took a look at the replay, saw that Badger's first foot landed out of bounds, incomplete. Stanford wins. Exhale. Let's move on to number two. Only three Stanford players have kicked five field goals in a single game. John Hopkins at Cal in 1990. Yes, that game, and that fifth one was certainly a big one. Uh, Nate Whitaker at Notre Dame in 2010. And I'd actually forgotten about that. And I was at that game in South Bend. And now, Joshua Cardi. Cardi hit five for five against the Sun Devils. Tanner McKee's certainly thankful for that. Our goal
1: is to score a touchdown every single time. We're not playing out there to try to kick field goals, um, but it is nice when we come up a little short. That Cardi can be himself and be automatic and get those three points. Because as you can see today, it was huge. Um, so yeah, it's it's definitely a huge weapon that that we're going to use. Um, Hopefully we'll be able to keep him off the field a little bit more by scoring touchdowns, but um, he's, he's been doing great, so super excited for him.
0: Yeah, Cardi has been doing great of late. In fact, he has been the sole source of Cardinal points for almost the last two complete games. Cardi has scored Stanford's last 25 points. After the game, David Shaw took us back to Cardi's recruiting process, and, and, and while he and the coaches were watching Cardi's tape, they came to a conclusion. And we kept saying, at some point, this kid's going to be the best kicker in America.
2: Um, we may be there. You know, we may be there. Um, does a great job on his kickoffs. Um, does a great job on his field goals. Um, steady and consistent. And he's one of our leaders. Um, and uh have called him a weapon
0: for years, and that's exactly what he is. Best kicker in America? How does Joshua feel about that? Well, you'll hear for yourself in a bit. But first, let's wrap up three things with number three. I walked into the stadium, and, and I got tipped off that because of injuries to Stanford at the edge rusher position, uh, David Bailey and Aaron Armitage in particular, uh, that two freshmen might get a look against the Sun Devils, uh, Tebowara Tafiti and Ernest Cooper. I'll be dead honest with you. I had never heard either of those names before. Sure enough, second quarter, Cooper gets the call. Makes two tackles on his very first two snaps. One on one on backside pursuit. Man, that was impressive. Cooper later got a fourth quarter sack and finished with four solo tackles with two and a half TFLs. Impressive stuff. After the game David Shaw told his Cooper story this season. Ernest wasn't quite ready at the beginning of the season. Not to
2: mention with so many veterans out there. So he's been just working on the scout team. Um, he and Teva, uh, Tafiti, both of them, have just been working. Um, they're like two of the first guys out there before practice, working on all their technique. Uh, both those guys have gotten stronger. Uh, we knew one or both was gonna have to play today. Um, we leaned on Ernest. Um, Ernest just has a little bit more size and length. And um, they didn't, it, it didn't surprise us, because what we've seen every single day of practice, he's gotten better and better throughout the year. Um, his length, his speed, his athleticism, um, we knew he was going to be a superstar. and We knew that when we recruited him, we just sit in a house soon. Um, in our locker room, he became a superstar today. Uh, his passion, his energy, one of his first plays was a, was a run away from it. and he ran it down from the backside. Um, that's what we saw in his high school film. That's what we've seen every single day of practice. Um, like I said, I think he's, he's going to be a superstar for us, and i uh, looking forward to having him get four reps throughout the season. Yeah, Ernest
0: Cooper popped right away. Shaw says that we'll see a lot more of him going forward, no matter how healthy the edge rushers are the rest of the season. You know what? Based on what I saw, small sample size, but you know what? I want to see more. Encore, Ernest Cooper. Those are three things. Some numbers for you, Tanner McKee, 33 of 57. We'll get to that number later on in the show. For 320 yards and a pick. Tough sequence for Tanner in the second quarter. He airmailed one to uh, John Humphreys, who was wide open, just on a quick stop route to the far side. Airmailed it like five feet over his head, then telegraphed a pick on a quick out on the very next play. So McKee, not a clean game, but still threw for 320 yards. Ben Yurasek, 10 catches for 78 yards. John Humphreys, 8 for 90 on 15 targets. Stanford running backs, 13 carries for 74 yards. But take away Filkin's longest run and Caleb Robinson's longest run, and they combined for 11 carries for just 31 yards. Stanford's leading tackler, Lance Kennelly. Ten tackles, one and a half tackles for loss. I didn't see that coming. Personnel notes, Casey Filkins missed much of the second quarter. As I didn't even see him on the sidelines, I think he might have been actually back in the locker room, back in the clubhouse. If this was baseball, anyway, maybe getting a little bit of treatment. I did see him late in the second quarter. Uh, they're doing some ball security drills with his upper, with his upper body. Came back in third quarter, then got knocked out of the game on a late hit in the third quarter. So Casey Filkins didn't last the game. Cornerback Ethan Bonner hurt on the first play of the second quarter. And then two plays later, ASU went after Bonner's replacement, Salim Turner Muhammad, and hit Elijah Badger for a 39-yard touchdown and a 14-6 lead. So Filkins and Bonner, neither of whom finished the game, Bonner was in a walking boot at the end of it. Shaw says it's unlikely that both of those guys will be okay for UCLA. Also didn't see Patrick Fields. He left the game in the first half, did come back, but didn't see a lot of him, especially in the fourth quarter. I believe Alakai Gilman uh, was playing in in a field spot in the safety position uh, for much of the second half. So didn't see much of Patrick Fields either in the second half. We'll keep an eye on that uh, for the Bruins uh, personnel update as well. One hidden play that you probably shouldn't forget, Arizona State, with a drive into Stanford territory, getting as far as the Cardinal 24, late in the second quarter, they go out for the field goal, and Sun Devil kicker Carter Brown, from the looks of it, got too low on the ball, mishit it, didn't get a clean hit on the ball, and it came up short, missed the 41-yarder. Think those three points would have mattered, especially at the very end of it all? Don't forget that hidden play that that maybe had a bigger play on things and maybe had a bigger impact on things than, than we might have even thought at that time. So Carter Brown unable to come through in the kicking department for Arizona State. No such problems for Stanford and Joshua Cardi. Five for five as he is really... Carried the entire scoring load for Stanford of late. Joshua Cardi was made available to the media after the game. I asked him three questions during his post-game availability. We'll listen to all three of those right here. And the the good news is that Cardi's kicked eight field goals the last two games. The not-so-good news is that He's been called on to kick eight field goals over the last two games. First question I asked Cardi was how he balances his personal success with the offense's struggles in plus territory.
3: When we're in the red zone or when we're inside the 35-40, it's great. Like, time to kick a field goal. But at the same time, I'm I'm kind of split because I want the team's success. Uh, Like, you know, six points instead of three or seven instead of three. Um, so I'd rather be hitting PATs, uh, but at the same time, I'd rather be hitting field goals because uh, field goals are fun. That's, that's what I'm here for. That's what my job is. Um, but ultimately, um, I want the team's success, and in, in, in six points is better than three points all the time. But uh, on, on days like uh, today and, and a week ago, um, just being ready no matter what, um, if you're in there half of the field... Uh, just kind of helps success.
0: Any of the five field goals today stand out more than any of the others?
3: Um. Yeah, I, I liked my favorite field goal was the last one, um, not because of kind of the dynamic, the game dynamics uh, of being like the game winner, but uh, I think it was the best hit of the day. Uh, a couple of the hits, uh, I'm pretty critical, uh, especially about myself. A couple of the hits. I think the second one, the first one and the second one, I wasn't very thrilled about, and the and the fourth one, I wasn't very thrilled about. Uh, but that's kind of my my uh, after each kick, I analyze it and, and say, you know, I liked it, I didn't like it, kind of or you know what, whether or not I made it, I, I analyze it, and see if I liked it or not, and then move on. Um, but definitely the last one uh, stuck out to me the most.
0: Shaw just asked when he was in here with us uh, the rhetorical question, is Joshua Cardi the best kicker in America? And he said he might be there. Your reaction?
3: Yeah. um, Of course I believe I am the best kicker in America. Uh, I kind of have to. Um, But, like, even kind of an unbiased uh, view is I still think I am. Um, But a lot of that is is due to uh, my coach, Coach Alomar. He kind of pulled me aside before the season and, you know, kind of reinforced why I'm here, like who I am, and kind of has helped me with my uh, mentality a lot, uh, along with sports psychologists along the way. Um, but just uh, to kind of reinforce, like, you know, that belief in yourself and, and that you can do anything when to call it upon.
0: Three questions with Joshua Cardi and his post-game availability. And um, I'll be spending... Uh, I'm saying this right now, late Sunday morning, and I'll be voting for Pac-12 football player of the week honors later on today. Cardi's going to be tough to beat. I have to see the entire ballot myself. Um, that That'll be released, you know, this afternoon. Uh, but Cardi's going to be tough to beat for special teams honors again. He's already won it twice. He's been nominated the last three weeks. I'm pretty sure he'll be nominated for a fourth week in a row. Ernest Cooper, I hope, gets nominated for a freshman um, of the week as well. But uh, Cardi's going to be hard to beat, I would imagine, for Pac-12 player of the Can he be nominated for offensive player of the week as well? I don't know. Just a just a random thought. But Ain't nothing but a gangster's Cardi. Or, my girl wants to Cardi all the time. Or, Cardi in the USA. Or, you gotta fight for your right to Cardi! Couldn't resist, sorry. Well, Cardi did well, but there was one phase of the ball that certainly deserved equal kudos and and after the game David Shaw was very quick to give credit where credit was due. Now three weeks in a row defense playing playing the
2: best football Um, again not perfect but man the energy the passion the fire the pressure on the quarterback much better against the run Um, that whole group is playing better and better even with the injuries.
0: Yeah you know it seems to me that right now the defense is leading this team. It's been under the microscope all year for various reasons. Many of them, especially early in the year, not good ones. I mean, they didn't throw any punches at all against USC, Washington, or Oregon. Didn't finish against Oregon State, but they've helped close out wins in back-to-back weeks. That turnaround continued this week against Arizona State, and after giving up touchdowns on, on the Sun Devils' second and third drives of the day, Stanford's defense shut out the Devils' for the final 44 minutes of the game. ASU's final eight drives went punt, pick, missed field goal, punt, 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 and downs. Stanford got four sacks, a pick by Lavani Demuni that was forced off a deflection from pressure by Jackson Moy. But what a season he's starting to put together, by the way. And 10 tackles for loss. Nick Toomer had a good game, I thought, when he came on and uh, helping replace Ethan Bonner. I mean, too bad he got called for that holding on the interception that he took back to the Arizona State goal line in the second quarter, and that was the right call to make. I'm, you know, the referees, you know, did actually show some 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 amplitude amp, uh, some 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 aptitude for for calling holding calls. Against Tumor in that instance, not necessarily on John Humphreys in the previous call. That was in the previous possession. That was <laughs> pretty egregious. But the Stanford defense keeps trending in the right direction. Lance Kennelly can think of two reasons
1: for the turnaround. The biggest thing for our defense has just been energy. And then the second biggest thing I think has been guys being unselfish. Uh, Kevin Anderson was our honorary captain last week. Uh, And he gave a speech about doing your 111th and playing your play. I mean, I think the unique thing about defense is it takes 11 guys in the right spot every play. And you have to be unselfish. Like, the tackles will come to you. The moment you try to do too much or try to make a play, that's when there becomes holes. And that's when guys get big plays. So I think that's the biggest thing for us is uh, the energy and then guys being unselfish.
0: Yeah, and the Stanford defense has been able to put it all together. I mean, look, they're no they're not dominant still, no. But and, and they didn't flow to the ball very well at the start of the game. I was I was pretty concerned about that. But it improved. They're giving up too many big plays on the boundary late in games. Alaki Gilman, slow to rotate and help out Caillou Blue Kelly on two occasions, especially on the fourth down that ASU converted on the final drive. But you know what? This team has still won back-to-back games on the shoulders of its defense and its special teams. Didn't think we'd be saying that this year, did you? Which brings us to the offense and I'll, I'll get to the more looming issues later on in a couple minutes or so, but, but I was surprised by the pass-heavy approach that the Stanford offense took against Arizona State. First quarter, Stanford had 15 passing plays and just three rushing plays. First half, the pass-run-play selection ratio was 35-8. to eight. McKee threw 57 passes on the day. Fifth most in Stanford history. After the game, I asked David Shaw what went into Stanford's pass-happy approach to attacking the Arizona State defense.
2: A lot of our offense right now is run-pass option. So I would say of those attempts, which that attempt that attempt I heard that number a while ago kind of shocked me, because we didn't call that many passes. We called quite a few runs. He changed a couple of the runs to passes. And um, a couple of the runs, <clears throat> a couple of the runs have pass options. So a lot of those times, you saw the ball go in a belly. That wasn't play action. Those were runs. And he pulled it back out, um, threw the ball to early on. Especially John Humphreys um, had some big plays. About two of those, I think, were pulled out and thrown to Elijah. Um, a couple were thrown to Ben. So those, a lot of those were called runs. So the quarterback did a great job of pulling the ball back out and taking advantage of some of those. Um, I thought Ben, Ben, uh, ben Urasik, um did an outstanding job today. So much man coverage, uh, which is another part of the reason, was they had all the guys down in the box, they're playing a lot of single high, a lot of man-to-man. So, um, you know, we ran in there a couple times and we, it was hard to find space. We bounced out on a couple of them. Casey s- slipped through in a couple of gap schemes. Um, but for the most part, um, they're just a tight box in there and a lot of man-to-man outside. So. Um, even when we did call runs, they end up being
0: passes, and our passes, um, we wanted to attack that man coverage as well. Yeah, I mean Stanford didn't go come out of the huddle having called fifty-seven pass plays necessarily. It was a lot of the pass, the RPO, the the run-pass option these days that Stanford has 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 hitched its its offensive philosophy to this year. And when that happens, you take what the defense gives you. ASU, ASU's defense was giving them Ben Urosevic, and even then. Yurasek was well covered on a few occasions, but pinpoint throws from McKee and superb concentration grabs by Urosic. Man, he had a couple of fantastic grabs against uh, Arizona State last year, too. That combination, striking against the Sun Devils for the second year in a row. So you take what the defense gives you. But yeah, I was quite surprised for those who still cling to Stanford's offensive identity as being... Power running, ground and pound. Folks, that ship sailed three years ago. And it's completely sailed this year. And even though Stanford has been able to get some production out of its rushing attack at points this year, not so much this time a ground against the Arizona State Sun Devils. But that was because that's what the Sun Devils defense was dictating to Stanford at the time. It was still kind of weird to see Stanford having called 35 pass plays in the first half that was that was still odd to see but it all builds up and it leads up to this stanford's offense has not scored a touchdown in 115 minutes and 55 seconds of game time haven't scored a touchdown okay well that's actually that that that's not quite true Elijah Higgins caught a touchdown in the third quarter against Arizona State, but it was negated by a holding call on Levi Rogers. But the point remains, Stanford has not scored a touchdown that counted in almost two complete games. And it gets a bit more frustrating when you consider this. Taking off that final kneel down by Stanford to run out the final three seconds of clock, Stanford had 11 possessions against Arizona State. Nine of them went into plus territory. Stanford only got five field goals out of it. They got the touchdown to Higgins on fourth and two, mind you. Boy, David Shaw being a riverboat gambler on fourth down in plus territory these days, that's kind of gone underneath the radar narrative-wise this year. But that touchdown didn't count. So five field goals it was for Stanford against Arizona State. Plenty of time in Sun Devils' territory, but not much to show for it. Nowhere near as many points to show for it as they could have gotten. Sound familiar? It should. Happened last year, too, against Arizona State. Last year in Tempe, Stanford had 11 possessions. Ten of those finished in plus territory. The difference here is that this year they got deep enough to be able to give Josh Cardi a chance to kick field goals. Last year, they largely didn't. They stalled out like around the 40-yard line, and Stanford was forced to punt. So once again, moving the ball against Arizona State, not a problem. But punching it in? Different story. Shaw on why Stanford misfired against the Sun Devils this year. Dropped two balls, missed two passes, ran a couple of bad routes,
2: um, didn't sustain in the running game. Um, So a lot of those things that kept us out of the end zone those things that we did before we got to the red zone, um, we didn't continue to do there. Um, we've got talented receivers, we've got a talented quarterback, we've got a talented tight end. Um, we just got to connect, you know. We just, we're just we're missing not by much, you know. We're missing by inches, so um, just not gonna not gonna wipe the whole thing clean. We're just gonna work on the things that we need to work on. Um, part of it is, hey, we just even our older guys like we can't get so excited because it's there. Got so excited we missed the throw. We got so excited we ran a bad route. Got so excited we dropped the ball. Um, We're going to have opportunities to make plays. We just got to step up and make them. Yeah,
0: I I don't think the wide receivers outside of John Humphreys had very good days against the Sun Devils. Higgins and Tremaine, each with drive-killing drops. The holding call on Levi Rogers, who I otherwise thought had a good day, that forced Stanford to kick a field goal. And a couple of times where I thought Stanford maybe got a little bit too cute in play calling inside the 50. And a couple of times where Arizona State played good defense. There was one in particular in the third quarter where Tanner McKee looked like he was setting it up to try to hit Ben Yerosik on a shovel pass underneath. But Arizona State had it snuffed out. And that eventually led to a field goal for Stanford. So, you know, the other team is trying to win, too. Got to give Arizona State some credit on some level at some points. But once again, Stanford unable to score touchdowns. This offense is too talented to be going on nearly two full games of game time without punching one in for six. But still, a messy win. Yep. But a win nonetheless. And based on how things have largely gone over the last couple of years, I don't think anyone inside or outside the program is in any position to complain about how Stanford has won games of late. Now, will what we saw against Arizona State be good enough going forward? God, no. Come on. You think, you think Stanford's going to be able to go to the Rose Bowl this weekend against UCLA, who's going to be all hot and bothered after losing at Oregon last week? You think that effort's going to be good enough against the Bruins? No. Not even close. That's a scary, scary offense, man. All that being said, this win against Arizona State was one that Stanford had to have. Because if Stanford still, we talked about this last week, if Stanford still wants to achieve some of the things that, some of the more meaningful things that it still has the range to accomplish, It had to get this one. Had to get this one. Yeah, they're still three and four, and that's still disappointing overall, but still plenty of time to put together a good finish. Will it be tough? Yes. Starting this week. Washington State's a little feeble on the road. At Utah? We'll see. That's going to be a real tough ask. But this one, what Stanford had to get, and it did. Somehow. They don't ask how. They just ask how many. <laughs> You've got thoughts on Stanford Football? I always welcome them. Hashtag TreeCast via Twitter. Hashtag TreeCast. You can give me the follow at Troy Clarity. The last name is spelled C-L-A-R-D-Y. I always appreciate the follow. I always appreciate the rating and the reviewing of the show on your favorite listening app. And our next program should come at you this upcoming Thursday when we'll turn our attention to Pasadena, Los Angeles, Stanford at UCLA. The TreeCast will be in the building for that game. Could that be the last time Stanford walks into the Rose Bowl with UCLA as a conference foe? I don't know. So I figured it might be a good idea to head down there and to pay my respects to that building. So the TreeCast will be down in Pasadena uh, on Saturday. I'm sticking around for the whole weekend, as it turns out. But uh, we'll come at you on Thursday and uh, take a look at Stanford versus UCLA. Thanks again to our, our postgame guests, as you heard from David Shaw, Tanner McKee, Joshua Cardi, and Lance Kennelly. As always, the biggest thanks goes out to you for joining us on the show, for being a part of the program, for supporting the show, and for listening. Don't drink and drive if you do, you're the dumbest person on the planet. Stay safe, stay healthy, stay sane. Talk to you Thursday on the Treecast with Troy Clarity on the Believe Network and presented by Bet Online.